Turn your Bibles this evening to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Continue tonight uh, as, as we look at the Lord's table. We spent our time this morning out of Mark chapter 14 considering the Lord's table and the Passover meal and how the Lord transitioned that uh, to the Lord's table. And we will partake of that this evening. We come again as a group of New Testament believers again to the service this night to this church building. We've come to worship. And I, I hope that that is your purpose for being here. Uh, I think it's also important that we come because we need help. I don't have to raise your hand, but I'm, I lead in that category. I need help. I, I'm the worst of the bunch. I need all the help I can get. Uh, and, and so we come because we need help. But oftentimes we find the help worship to the Lord. And we find that the best way we find the, the blessings and the encouragement that God can possibly give us is when we are worshiping the Lord. When we come to worship, we do many things. Uh, we sing. And we've been doing that tonight. We, we pray. We preach. We equip. We exhort. We fellowship. We give. Uh, we evangelize. We, is, this is all part of it. Sometimes there's a rebuking that takes place. All this takes place at times when we come to worship. But everything we do, everything we do when we come to a time like this or every time we come to a church, to this church building, we come for the purpose of worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the purpose. That's the reason why we come. Uh, others are, are outside of those things. They lend to it and helpful in it. But the real meaning for our gathering is worship. Our worship, when we come together, it ought to always be God-centered and never man-centered. Always God-centered, never man-centered. Our worship should point us to God. It ought to point us to God. It ought to point us to a man, uh, to an individual. It ought to always point us to Jesus. This is why, let me just go and say this, this is why we are careful about our music here at Lakewood Baptist Church. That's why we are careful about the songs that, that are sung, the, the, the choir music, the special music, all these are important because we want everything to point to Jesus. The use and the, the design of our music here at our church should direct our attention, should direct our affections to the Lord. The purpose of our music ministry here at Lakewood Baptist Church is not to entertain. It's not to entertain. I, I, I see and hear of a lot of what's going on around us in modern church circles often today, and I, I, I see the entertainment that goes on. You know, I don't want to try to keep up with that crowd. Uh, there's no way I could. There's no way I'd want to. Um, it seems like who's got the best singers, who's got the best this or best that, and, and people come because of that kind of thing. And I think we ought to come to church to worship the Lord. And I think we ought to come to church not to be entertained, but to worship Him. Um, and everything we do ought to, again, point us to Jesus Christ. The New Testament church never gathered to entertain. But it always gathered to worship, to worship the Lord. I, I don't think that we need a praise and worship band. I don't think we need a drum pit. These things are not needed to help us worship. They're not needed for that kind of thing. Uh, not needed for the place to draw us into worship. What's needed 
when we come together like this, and every time we come together, what's needed is a word. Let me go here, brother. I seem to be dropping out. What we need is a focus upon the Word of God. We need to focus on who He is. We need to focus on what He's done. We need to focus on what He's doing now. And we need to focus on the fact that He's apt to come at any moment. With these things in mind, we come to worship our Lord and Savior. Uh, Let me just step into maybe a little bit more hot water, if that's okay. I don't really see the need and a purpose for a praise team. I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't think I see that. I don't know how people get on praise teams, you know. Uh, seems like Leon, Bubba, and Esther, and Gwendolyn's up here and dressed in skinny britches and Hawaiian flowery shirts untucked. I don't understand all that, and, and I just don't see the need for it. I, I really don't see the need for all that. And, and, and um, I can't point you to a verse... Maybe I could, but I, I won't do that tonight. I can't point you to a specific verse that's against praise teams in the Bible. I just really can't see the purpose of them. The real, I think the real praise team is here. That's the congregation. That's when you're singing. That's when you're honoring the Lord. And when you're singing from your heart and singing as unto the Lord. And, and this is the congregation. This is the one that leads in that. And every time, every time I've ever been in a church or seen a church that has this kind of thing, it's always some element within it or some person within it that has distracted me from worship, not drawn me to worship. Distracted me, not drawn me. Uh, I like a good, strong song leader. Amen? Call me old-fashioned. Amen? I'll still continue to be old-fashioned. I like a good, old, strong song leader. I appreciate Brother Andrew up here frailing his arms as hard as he can to try to keep us in time and on track. I appreciate that. I appreciate a a strong piano. I appreciate a strong and loud organ. I appreciate a a trumpet. I appreciate a mandolin there and and, uh, some else, some others want to jump in with that. That's perfectly fine. I appreciate those things. Um, But I think a strong, these things are strong when they are teaching us doctrine. I think what keeps those things strong, and and it's why I like the hymn book, because these things teach Bible truth. They teach Bible doctrine. And when we emphasize, we focus upon Bible doctrine, this brings us to the place of worship. Because it's what's it doing? It's pointing us to the Lord. These old hymns that teach us the Bible truths and doctrines. Our music uh, ought to point us to a higher platform than this one. It ought to point us to Jesus. The musicians on the platform are to help us, and I appreciate those that do that, but I, I think they're there to help us know when to start and when to stop. <laughs> I need help there. When to start and when to stop, when to change keys. I think it's, ever, it's okay every now and then just to throw away the keys and just, just let her fly and just sing. It's okay. Uh, you might help that first person beside you, you know, and help them sing a little bit louder too. But I believe it's the entire congregation that ought to lead, and we lead with the voices of praise unto the Lord. We gather to worship. We gather to worship. And one way we do that, as I mentioned, we do it with our singing, our praising the Lord. And we're doing it to, to the Lord and not to man. Another way we worship, and this is what we're going to do tonight, we worship by partaking of the Lord's table. One way in which we do it, by taking of the Lord's table. This, as we mentioned this morning, this we do tonight is an ordinance. 
uh, it's also an act of worship. It's something God's commanded us to do. And sometimes Christians may skip this ordinance from the Lord. And, and let me just say, if someone's out of uh, in sin or living out of obedience to the will of God and they come to the Lord's table and say, you know what, I, I, I'm just, I, there's a sin in my life, I'm not going to partake of that. And so they just opt out. That's not an option. Opting out is not an option. What is an option and what is required here is that we make things right, that we make our hearts right so that we can partake of the Lord's table. To not partake of the Lord's table and do it willfully, I believe, is sin because the Bible says that we should do this. So, uh, but this Lord's table is something that points us to Jesus. We spent this morning a good amount of time um, this morning seeing the Lord's, how the Lord tied the Together, the Old Testament Passover meal uh, with the Lord's table and that which we celebrate tonight. We're not celebrating the, the Passover meal. We're celebrating the Lord's table. I appreciate uh, Miss, Miss, uh, our, our resident uh, uh, Jewish uh, missionary here, Miss Charlotte. She mentioned to me this morning that the garden house used to talk about the bitter herbs and they would in the Old Testament they would partake of the bitter herbs and the bread and, and the juice and we come to the New Testament we don't have those bitter herbs why because uh, we're not having to worry about that we're out of the sin we're out of the sin days are gone we don't have to go back and remember sins are forgiven not to be remembered not to be brought up again so we have two elements the bread and the juice the, 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 the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and we spent this morning seeing how the Lord has put these things together in the New Testament, a new and living way. No need for Old Testament sacrifices anymore. No need for them. They've all been completed and all been finished once and for all and forever in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Tonight we worship my way of the Lord's table. This, I believe, and this Lord's table does what we talked about in worship. It points us to Christ. And, uh, and what he's done for us. And tonight, I want to give us nine words very quickly, if possible. Some of you are saying it's not possible. Well, I'm going to run through this. I want to give us nine words as we take a look at the Lord's table tonight, as we lead up to the partaking of the Lord's table. I feel in looking at these, I feel we can become um, sometimes so familiar with what we're about to do. We become so familiar with it that we just somehow miss the real meaning. It just somehow uh, glances off of us, and we really don't catch what the Lord is doing. And, and so tonight, I hope that looking at some things and giving you a couple thoughts will help us take hold afresh in the meaning that we're about to do, and in doing so, that we'll truly be able to enter into a time of worship to the Lord. To do that thing which God has commanded us to do. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Verses 20 through 34. Now, excuse me, verse 20. When ye come together, therefore, unto one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. And he's speaking to the church at Corinth, and they're gathering. They're gathering for uh, the fellowship meals. But he says, what you're doing is not partaking of the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table. You may claim it is. You may think that it is, but it is not. And, And in essence here, he's... He's correcting, he's rebuking in a sense. Verse 21, For in eating every one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. 
Here, the idea of a supper is that of fellowship. We gather around the Lord's table and we come together. Uh, when we spend a meal with someone, the idea here is to enjoy fellowship one with another. Rather than fellowshipping here, they were selfish. They were coming to the Lord's table and leaving some unserved, some uh, needs not being met. And others were going to extremes. And he tells us even here some are drunken in the midst of it. And he says, what? You can almost hear it in his verse. What? What are you doing? What's going on here? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? He says, I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is uh, the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, and uh, that ye may come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. As we look at this passage tonight, as we partake of Lord's table, the first word I want to give you as we consider the importance of it is this matter of commemoration. We partake of the Lord's table as a matter of commemoration. We look at verse number 24. He says, in remembrance of me. We look at verse number 25. In remembrance of me. Commemoration. It's a time just as the Old Testament, the the Passover meal was a, a, a remembrance, a time to remember what God had done and uh, the, the victory that was brought out, the, the nation of Israel being brought out of captivity. Here's a remembrance, a remembrance of the Lord, of Jesus Christ. Uh, this table tonight is something that should cause us to remember. We ought to remember, it ought to cause us to remember what Christ has done for us. What he's done for us. It all, Christ causes us to remember, remember what the Lord is saying to us here. That his body was broken for us. Blood was shed for us. What is Christ saying? What Christ is saying in these passages that he loves us. That he loves us so much. He loves you. And he loves me so much that he would be willing to come to this old wicked world. And take upon the form of a servant. And go to a cross. And die a cross kind of death. Remember those things. Remember what Christ has done for us. And we're also to remember what it means to me. 
Let me ask you tonight and think that and answer the question in your own mind. What does the death, burial, and resurrection mean to you? Does it have real meaning to you and to your life? Is it just something that we kind of just pass over very quickly without giving it much thought? Or is it, is it a religious exercise that we often or sometimes even think about or we hear mentioned? But what does what Christ did for us mean to us? Is it something that's special in your life? Is it something that's dear to your soul? Understanding that Christ died for our souls. This remembrance is to, I believe, as we remember, it's to draw faith out of us. It's to draw us to faith. It's to enable us to exercise our faith because we see what Christ has done, black and white, in reality of life and how the Lord has changed our lives and the lives of others. It's to draw faith. It's a time to exercise that faith and to draw near to the Lord and draw close to the Lord. It also not only is to draw faith out of us as we remember, but it's also to create assurance in us. To create assurance. Uh, don't doubt your salvation. Don't doubt the Bible. If you've been truly saved, uh, take hold of what God says. You've been kept by uh, the power of God. You've been saved by the blood of the Lord. You've called upon the Lord to save you. Then, then you take the Bible at its word. It ought to create as we remember what Christ, how can I know? Because we remember what Christ did for us. No one else has done this but Jesus. It ought to give us, it ought to create that assurance within us because Christ did die for me and he did die for you. It ought to establish us. It ought to strengthen us as we remember. Establish us in our faith. Uh, Not being tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine, but it ought to strengthen us. It ought to strengthen us in our walk. If God be for us, who can be against us? We mentioned this morning. It ought to strengthen our walk. It ought to uh, give us confidence in our walk. It ought to give us confidence in Christ's love for us. Never doubt the love of Christ. Look and live. Uh, Some of us have taken a look, but some of us are not living. So we ought to start living and according to what God has promised us in our lives. There's this matter of commemoration, the source of all salvation, the source of every salvation, of any salvation, is found only in Jesus Christ. God is reminding us, as we partake of this Lord's table, He's reminding us what He has done for us. So we see this matter of commemoration. But secondly, I want us to see out of verse number 26, we see not only commemoration, but we see proclamation. Proclamation. As for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show. Uh, Stop right there. You do show the Lord's death till he come. You do show. Here are the idea, and the word show there is the idea of preach or to proclaim. You do show. We preach We proclaim the gospel. Do you know what we're doing by partaking of the Lord's table tonight? We're preaching the gospel afresh. We're preaching it to ourselves. We're preaching it to a lost and dying world. The message is in the meal. The proclamation is the gospel. We're to proclaim it to the entire world. The Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But we're also to proclaim it to one another. Proclaim it to one another. I have not enjoyed these COVID years and all that's transpired. And I think it's, in a sense, robbed us in our churches of some 
very particulars and I think some very special times. Tonight, as we, we have in the past with COVID and so on, we have had little uh, people have lined up to come around. Tonight, we're going to pass the elements as we did pre-COVID days. You know what I think that says? And I like this. I think that says every time we pass the element, we're preaching the gospel. Jesus, we, we take it of ourselves and we pass it to somebody else. It's a picture that, of the gospel and everybody needs to hear it. So when we pass that bread and that juice, it's proclaiming, it's preaching to each other what Christ has done for us. Leviticus 23 and 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations that ye shall proclaim in their seasons. Here's a proclamation that we are to do. We're proclaiming to the Lord. We see commemoration. We see proclamation. We see communion. Communion. For this, go back to chapter 10 and verse number 16. Chapter 10 and verse number 16. The cup of blessing that which we bless... Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? This idea of communion is that of fellowship. We've talked about fellowship briefly. That of fellowship, it's that of intimacy. It's literally, in, it literally entering in as Christ took upon the form of a servant and went to the cross. He took upon the our form. He, he took upon a flesh and blood. No sin, the spotless Lamb of God. But he took on for us. And now we have the privilege to enter in the fellowship with what he's given us. What he's done for us. This is a matter of fellowship. And entering into the fellowship of the Lord. And it's also not only entering into the fellowship of the Lord and, and the joys of the Lord. But it's also entering into the fellowship of suffering. The suffering. And sometimes we would like to have the one. But we certainly don't want to have anything to do with the other. But it's also this matter of suffering, to be willing to suffer for the Lord. And we think that's something in 2022 America that's, that's far from our lives and far from our time frame. But let me just say, I believe that things are ratcheting up in the Christian. We're already seeing so much taking place in our world today, and particularly in America. And I believe the Christian has is, is, is got a target, and the devil's going to do all he can to, to take churches like this and destroy them. To take churches like this and discourage them. And so that, so that the gospel doesn't go forth. So that people uh, are not attending. So that, that congregations like this just begin to fade away. But enter into that fellowship, that communion with the Lord. The Lord is literally inviting us to this table of fellowship. Revelation 20, excuse me, 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So we see this matter as we partake of the Lord's table. We are entering into the remembrance, the commemoration, the proclamation, telling the whole world and reminding ourselves and telling others what Christ has done. But it's this matter of fellowship, fellowshipping with the Lord. What a great thing that is to have fellowship with the Lord. Know there's nothing between you and Him. Know that when prayer is needed, and by the way, prayer is needed all the time, that God, my prayers, your prayers are getting through to the Lord. There's nothing there that's hindering, nothing there that's stopping that communion. Then we see number four. We see this word called consecration. Consecration. We'll look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Go with me to verse 21. 
consecration. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. We partake of this Lord's table. There's this matter of consecration. We're to consecrate our lives. We're to give ourselves that living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Jesus Christ gave everything to us. Why would we dare hold anything back from him? Consecration, giving our lives to the Lord. It's not something we ought to do haphazardly. We ought to just, the Lord ought to know our hearts. And our hearts ought to be right with him. This is a matter of consecration. And by the way, consecration, if we could add a couple of thoughts to that, this idea of consecration demands examination. It demands examination. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 and following. We read the verses, but let's do it again. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. This matter of consecration demands examination. Now, the Bible says we examine ourselves. Now, if I just take that from that perspective, I'm to examine myself. Can I tell you that I'm a pretty good fella? I'm a pretty good fella. No comments, Brother Josh. You know what? And you'd say the very same thing. We're just pretty good people. We're pretty good. I, I grew up in the country, southwest Virginia. I'm just, just a good old country boy. Just pretty good people. No, I'm not. We're all sinners. If I examine myself by myself, I'm a pretty good fella. If I examine myself by you, sometimes I might even look a little better. It can go the other way too. But when I examine myself according to this book, you see, this is the examination. Let the Bible examine our hearts. Not ourselves. We look at ourselves and say, boy, I... I did that because they did this, or I'm only this way is because I was raised that way. We examine ourselves with others. I've not been as bad as somebody else. But the best we all have is a filthy rag in the sight of God. We're no good. We're no good. We've all gone astray. Run from the Lord. Enemies of God. Let the Bible examine ourselves. Search me, O God. See if there be any wrong, if there be any wicked, any wayward way in me. Let the book be the examination process. God shows us something in the book that needs to be out of our lives. Let's get it out. God shows us something in the book that needs to be in our lives. Let's include it. But let's not skip over them. Let's not act like they don't exist. This part of this consecration, the only way to be consecrated is to, is to allow the Bible to show us who we are. Note the failure to do this. The failure to do this is found out of verse number 34. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. The failure to examine ourselves, the failure of examination is that of condemnation. Uh, he says to examine yourself. It's rather, it's better if we go back and look at the verses, uh, verses 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, according to the Bible, let the Bible 
do the examination, if we become obedient to that, we do good. We do well. It's better to allow this to be done this way than God to do it His way. It's better that we would get right with God uh, and allow the Bible to deal in our lives so that God wouldn't have to. And by the way, God does whip His kids. God does whip His kids. Mamas and daddies, sometimes we don't like to do that. We don't think that that's something that's needful. But it is. God's the example of that. And God teaches us that. And He does chastise us. Not out of anger, but to correct us. To get us back on track. To keep us on track. And that's what the Scriptures do for us. So we're to see that. I I, want to avoid the condemnation of the Lord, don't you? I don't want the Lord to come after me. I don't want the Lord to be the one that have to get my attention so that I might finally do right. When we come to the Lord's table tonight, we understand that there's this consecration. And as we get ready in just a few moments, that examination that we are all to do. And I encourage you tonight to allow the Scriptures to, to, to search your heart. And you say, Preacher, where do I begin? Just offer a prayer to the Lord. Lord, if there's anything in my life, would you show it to me? Uh, God's got a way of putting his finger on just the right place at just the right time. So I encourage you to do that tonight. Then he goes on to say, not only do we do these things, but the eighth one, the eighth word I want us to see tonight is repetition. Verse number 25, repetition. For as oft as you drink it, he says, as oft as you drink it, this do in remembrance of me, as oft as you do it. Now what's oft? As oft as you drink it. What is oft? Well, oft is oft. It's regularly. Something we're to do regularly. And I think, again, COVID is one of those things that has robbed us of this blessing, of this uh, possibility, opportunity to worship the Lord. So to do it regularly, uh, and the child of God is to enter into this. As often as you drink it, it's often. And then we close tonight with this thought. There's this matter of Anticipation. As you partake of the Lord's table tonight, understand that Jesus says out of verse number 26, you do show the Lord's death. And I, if you haven't marked it in your Bible, highlighted it yet, I encourage you to do that till he come. Till he come. There's this matter of anticipation. When we partake of the Lord's table, understand that this is not our home. We're just passing through. We're strangers. We're pilgrims. Don't put your roots too, down, too far down here. Oh, there are times and places where we do. We build our families. We build our homes. We have our careers. But understand, this is dress rehearsal for heaven. So let's get ready for heaven. Jesus is coming again. There's that anticipation till he come. This could be, understand tonight, could be the very last opportunity we partake of the Lord's table here on planet earth. Could be the last time. The next meal that we might partake of, I believe, it would be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. After the rapture. I'm looking forward to that time. But until that time, we'll continue here serving the Lord. We'll continue honoring the Lord. We'll continue remembering the Lord. Commemoration, proclamation, communion, consecration, repetition, anticipation. And I hope as we partake of this Lord's table tonight, these things would be very real in your hearts, very real in your minds. And let's... Honor the Lord. And I think we do it this way. Tonight, it's not about me, but I'm thankful that he thought about me. 
So much so that he came and did what he did. But it's not about us. It's about Jesus. So let's worship him. Give him everything. Consecrate to him. Going to have just a moment, a time of prayer, a time of just allowing the, the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God to examine our hearts. If God puts his finger on anything at all, can I encourage you tonight? Get it clean. Get it right. A relationship that's not right, get it right. An attitude that's not right, get it right. Sin in a hidden place nobody knows about but God, get it gone. Let God work in your heart tonight so that we can partake of this Lord's table in true worship, in true consecration, and in true anticipation. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's bow our hearts in just a few moments of prayer.